It's Christmas Eve, and tonight we celebrate the single most joyous event in all of history, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. In an attempt to remember well the gift God sent to us, we'd like to share the Christmas story as recorded by some of the greatest carols of our faith. We celebrate what happened on that first Christmas over 2,000 years ago, but there were those before that who longed greatly for his coming. The observance of Christ's birth started first with a promise from God and anticipation in the heart of the Israelites. Christ was first prophesied to Israel while they were in Babylonian captivity, and for centuries after that, they waited expectantly for the Messiah that would ransom them and set them free. Christ is our Emmanuel, Deliverer, the Rod of Jesse, Dayspring, Key of David, all Old Testament prophetic references to the coming birth of Christ. Christ is God with us in all things. As the people of Israel waited for the Messiah we know is Jesus, so too we are able to remember and wait. Sometimes we're waiting for Christ to move. Sometimes we wait for him to answer. Sometimes we're waiting for Jesus to make confusing things clear. We are all waiting for justices and for wrongs to be made right. And we know that we will. He came to us in Bethlehem and he comes to us still. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who he was pledged to be married to and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. A little town of Bethlehem was written by Episcopal Bishop Philip Brooks in 1868, three years after he returned from a trip to the Holy Land, where he rode on horseback from Jerusalem to Bethlehem on Christmas Eve. Of that experience, he said, I remember especially on Christmas Eve, when I was standing in the old church in Bethlehem, close to the spot where Jesus was born, when the whole church was ringing hour after hour with the splendid hymns of praise to God, how again and again it seemed as if I could hear voices I knew well telling each other of the wonderful night of the Savior's birth. When the children's choir at his church in Philadelphia 
needed a Christmas song for their Sunday school Christmas program three years later, Bishop Brooks quickly wrote the lyrics inspired by his visit to Bethlehem and gave them to his organist, Louis Redner. Mr. Redner sat down at the piano to find just the right melody to carry the beautiful words, but nothing seemed to fit. On the night before Christmas Eve, he felt so defeated, he just went to bed. During his fretful sleep, he heard music. Immediately, he got up and wrote down the melody, just as we sing it today. When he joyfully presented it to Bishop Brooks, he said, I think it was a gift from heaven. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Mary is a crucial and beloved character in the Christ story. She was chosen by God to do something no woman before or since has ever been called to do. Bear and raise the only son of God. Read for the first time, this seems like an impossible feat. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Mary, unlike how most of us would react, did not run away or try to hide her condition. She did not fear. Mary accepted the challenge put before her, even in light of the consequences she faced, and she rejoiced. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Sometimes I wonder what it would have been like to stand in Bethlehem the night Jesus was born. I wonder what stories the stars would have told, what sound the angels would have cried, what heavenly presence met earth in the manger. I can't help but believe there had to have been something different in the air, something that made people question what sacred thing had just transpired. I suspect most people in Bethlehem missed it, but some were allowed to know and feel and sense the supernatural weight of Jesus's entrance into humanity. And while they probably did not understand every intricate detail of God's plan, they knew that night was different. They knew that night was special. They knew that night was holy. Mary and Joseph were not the only ones at the manger. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. 
I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. The star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On the coming to the house, they saw the child, and he was with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The first Noel speaks of this search for the Savior and their adoration of him. Their worship that sets an example of how we should respond to the Christ child when we find him. And if Bethlehem teaches us anything, it is that Jesus will be found. He is God with us, beside us, among us, in us. They were wise because they looked for Christ and were not deterred to find him in a barn. Jesus gave us communion as a way to find him again time and time over. When we don't know where to look or how to see, we have the table. The bread, the wine, they invite us just like the manger. As we sing the first Noel, you are invited to stand with us and you are invited to take communion during the course of this song. You'll find the bread and the wine underneath the stained glass windows around the room. You can go there with your families, take the bread and dip it in the wine and return to your seats. It's Jesus who we celebrate and his birth we remember tonight. He came to us in the most insignificant way God incarnate in the body of an infant whose life would bring the most significance to ours. It's more than a birthday we celebrate. We celebrate the beginnings of our freedom, the beginnings of our salvation, the beginnings of a heavenly kingdom that he will rule and reign. We celebrate the purpose of his coming, his death on the cross, and the purchase that was made for our right standing with God and we celebrate his victory over the human condition and over death 
and over all things that attempt to enslave and bind us. On Christmas Eve, we celebrate the most joyous event in all of history. The birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Just like the shepherds and wise men, we have been made aware of this Christ child. No longer can we stand as passerbys in Bethlehem. Understanding calls us to responsibility. A responsibility that far outweighs the presents we buy and the get-togethers we plan. We have been given a holy decision to stop and worship. Or remain unchanged. Our hope this Christmas is that you would allow this year to be different. That despite the holidays, you would find Christmas. You would find Jesus. Jesus was not simply sent to be a baby in a manger. He was sent to be a savior personally for each and every one of us. His life's purpose was the cross, purchasing for us what we could not purchase on our own. Right standing and peace with God. Alone, we are unable to make right our wrongs against God. We need someone who's like us. Human in every way. To make right the debt we carry. But we also need someone like God. Sufficiently capable. Able to fix us where we're broken. And mend us, making us right in his presence. We can't pay the debt we owe. We never could. We never will. But because God loves us. Because he knew he could nev- we could never save ourselves. In his holy, awesome, and merciful way. God sent his son, his only son, completely like us and completely like God, the only person ever able to make us right before the Father. And so we are offered salvation, eternal life, and access to God's presence, no matter who we are, no matter where we are, no matter where we've been. All we have to do is ask him. And that is something worth celebrating. Joy to the world.